Unspoken Requests is back. It's Wednesday night. It's 11 p.m. We're on WFHB. Hey, Mike. That was one of your better intros, I'd say. <laughs> I wasn't... Uh, I got a call right before then. You kn- I, from I mean, my, Believe it or not, this is not my day job. <laughs> I got a call from my day job right before we were on the air. And you would, you would think, why would they be calling you at 10.59 p.m.? Yeah. That's a little late for your day job to be calling you. Not when you're the nightmare. And I say maybe... <laughs> Maybe yeah, maybe I'm the nightmare. Maybe I'm a maybe I'm a, a daydream. Uh, what's that? What's a that nightmare ta- believer. What's a Taylor Swift? Uh, You're asking the wrong. Maybe guy. I'm a nightmare dressed as a daydream. Maybe I'm a daydream. Uh, anyway, wake up, sleepy Jean. Unspoken requests is back. Unspoken requests are back. <laughs> <laughs> what's the episode we're on here? Uh, number seventy. No that- jokes, Mike. <clears throat> You've been really doing that to me a lot lately, Jared, and I have to say I don't mind. I, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Even uh, in our personal lives, you've been uh, yeah. you've been saying I'm something. Trying to make that my new thing, <clears throat> shutting me down at every yeah. possible. Yeah, you know, that's good. How you doing, Mike? Uh, you had a. You seem like you're a little cranky. I was. I. You know, when we got going here, when we first set it all up and put it together, I was in a cranky mood. Justifiably but, cranky. Maybe that should be the name of your next next album, Mike Adams. Uh, justifiably cranky. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll workshop it. I'll hire a focus group, run it by them, see what they think. Love it. Uh, you know, the last song we listened to, Jared. You want to back announce that music? I do. That was Kelly Patterson with Magic Wand of Love. So. While we were listening to that, you were telling me that Kelly Patterson was Miss Indiana in 1971. Yeah, the first first black Miss Indiana. And that was her song. Uh, and then that led us to, you said you were about to Google whether you or I had had a Miss Indiana from either of our hometowns, respectively. Yes. Which you didn't get around to doing. So, sorry folks, <laughs> if you were wondering about the answer to that. But... Well, we're um, going to go through every single year. Every single <laughs> city. Let's not go by year. Let's not look at a list of Miss Indianas. Let's look at a list of Indiana towns okay. until we find out if that town has had a Miss Indiana <laughs> from it. Great idea. Okay, um, we're going to start with A. With uh, Name an Indiana town that starts with A. Anderson. Auburn. All right, this isn't, uh, this isn't going to work. Avon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Auburn, that was 2013 with Miss Taryn Thomas. <laughs> but hold on. Anyway. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> 2012 is from Roselle, Illinois. Excuse me? Uh, yeah. Baton twirling to the song Sparkling Diamonds. An interloper. What? Eligible as a student at Purdue University. That, That's... I that. don't like it one bit. No. Uh, Gabrielle Reed, 2010, from Bloomington. What are people from Illinois called? We're Hoosiers. What are they? Besides trash. Uh, whoa. <laughs> uh, they're the uh, Illinois makers. Wasn't that Sufjan Stevens' band? <laughs> I think so, yeah. 
2006, Miss Indiana was from Bloomington. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. In 2000, they weren't even from America. They were from Peru. Going to school where? Oh, just kidding. Peru, Indiana. Oh. Indiana has Peru. Peru, Indiana. Me- Mexico, Indiana. Brazil, Indiana. For sales. It's the crossroads of America. Another Bloomington, 1994, but none from your hometown, Mike. No Claypool, Miss Indiana. Well, that's why I wanted to bring this up, is because, okay, sure, maybe we didn't have Miss Indiana from Claypool, but do you want to know what Claypool did have? Some railroad tracks? Janet Warren, 1976, Indiana's very first Miss Basketball. Oh, really? Yeah. The very first one. She was inducted into the uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in 2002. It's impressive. Yeah. There was a hill in my town called Warren Hill. Her, her family, the Warrens, were like a Claypool family. Uh, there was a place in Claypool called Warren Hill where we would all sled in the winter. Now, are you trying to say Lauren Hill? No. And you got a... Warren with a W... Oh, okay. All right. The reason I that the reason that that information is so fresh on my mind is because just yesterday I learned I did not know this, or at least I had forgotten if I knew. My hometown now has a town flag. There's a town flag. Oh no. Yeah. What's, what's on it? I'll tell you. It's not half bad. Okay. The design itself is. Wait, is half of it a rebel flag? Is that why you say that? <laughs> yeah, it's only half bad. Yeah. No. Uh. No, my hometown does not, I'd like to repeat, my hometown does not espouse the rebel flag as its identity. Uh, no, it's a decent looking flag, and the school kids designed it Oh, from the newly minted... Is, the, it, the school, is it a bunch of hands made of paint? The elementary had closed, and then they reopened it, so the new 2.0 uh, kids designed it in 2018, so it's fresh. Uh, but it's not a half bad looking flag, it's... Uh, plain and simple mm-hmm. it's got some meaning to it uh so i was thinking about making a t-shirt that had my town flag on it when i was a kid in church we, we used to pledge allegiance to the christian flag did you yeah. guys do that oh yeah okay yep. i guess it was and the bible there was a bible one. Oh yeah a lamp to my feet in the god's holy path. word yeah, god's, yeah. yep <laughs> i guess yes we were all on the same curriculum <laughs> before wow. before kelly patterson kelly patterson uh Looking on Wikipedia, real name, and the name she won Miss Indiana as, uh, Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. Which you might know as uh, the professional wrestler, the world's first uh, WWF Intercontinental Champion. That immediately rung a bell for me when I heard that. Uh, Crowned at a tournament in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, that was uh, just made up, and no one could fact check it then, because who's going to call him on it? Wow. They were just like, yeah, he won it in the first champion. He won it in this tournament in Brazil, you know? So it might have been a work. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> before that, we heard NXS with Don't Change. Uh, and then Ashley Campbell with If I Wasn't. Uh, Ashley Campbell with Vince Gill. And to start off that nonstop music block, we heard Don't Feel Bad If You Don't Feel Better by Luxury. Speaking of Christians, they got ministers in that band. Or, uh, or, or Orthodox priests, right? I believe so, yeah. I bet they don't do the pledge. <laughs> Probably not. 
Uh, I have a memory we, of uh, so on the at church when I was a kid. We had the in the sanctuary. We had the big stage, you know, mm-hmm. and we had the American flag on one side and the Christian flag on the other side. And a gold gold uh, flagpole. Yeah, of course. Yeah, little gold. Uh, yeah, s- the, uh, stand with a like wooden an upside down uh, offering plate on the bottom. Yeah, of exactly. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. the felt yeah. glued to it. Yes. Um, Man, what a racket. Have you ever been in any of those stores or looked through any of those catalogs that like sells oh, yeah. church? I've looked uh, at the communion section stuff. at the when I would go to buy my Christian punk rock CDs, I would then, you know, once I was done there, I'd wander around, look at the 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 communion section and it's like these gold-plated offering plates that are just like yeah, it's unreal. I it's really just like wow, the money that's getting raked in from every church on every corner in America buying this stuff. What mm-hmm. a deal. What a what a whoever whatever <laughs> genius. I hope it was someone from the Orthodox Church that thought of that. Let's take these others for a ride. Uh I you know, speaking of that, I I thought of that. There used to be a Christian bookstore over here on the west side of Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I would pop in there just to see the latest uh edition of uh Heaven is for real by Colton Burpo, or what, what have you, <laughs> you know. Check out what the Colt, uh, <laughs> Heaven is for like, real. No, for guys, kids. I really mean it. It is for real. No, there actually, two. there really is a Heaven is for real for kids. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> amazing. But uh, it was only in the last. I may have even said this on the show before, but it was only in the last, you know, right before they closed that place. So I don't know, five years, six years, mm-hmm. that I had it absolutely slammed in my face. Uh, the difference between gospel music and southern gospel music. I think I've told you this. Oh, yeah. It kind of shocked me when I... I was in there looking around, and, you know, I grew up in a southern gospel tradition, as we've talked about on the show before with Robert. Sure. Uh, our southern gospel expert... Our yeah, southern, southern go- gospel <laughs> correspondent. Uh, but it really blew my mind uh, to just be in there browsing and look, and it's like, oh, the southern gospel section, let's see if there's any familiar faces here. And to be like, oh, yeah, I know a few of these acts, or there's new stuff or whatever. And then to turn around and immediately behind me, there's the shelf that had the gospel section. And it was like, oh my gosh, these are all black faces and these are all white faces on this side. Southern gospel just means racist. That's all it means. (laughs) It really, Uh, it really cracked my skull open. It just had never dawned on me. It makes sense, you know, I guess, but historically, right? uh, but um. Yeah, it just it hadn't ever dawned on me. Yeah, it's, yeah, and really in my face like that. I was just yeah. like, wow, okay, I get it. I see. Anyway, a lot of racism out there, Jared. Yeah. Not good. Bad stuff. We've been talking about my mood. How's your mood? What are you up to? I was fine till I got here. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I can maybe I can cheer you up, Mike. Well, here's the thing. I was feeling really bad, and now I'm feeling less bad. So oh, great. Well, you're sh- about to feel even better. We've shared it. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that burden with me. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Jared just tried <laughs> don't, to, don't acknowledge that. Jared just tried to put his COVID <laughs> mask on over his headphones, which was uh, quite a sight to behold. Now he's standing. He's out of his seat. He's putting the COVID mask on over his eyes. Okay, now it's down around his chin. Like normal, he's got the headphones back on. He does not have his microphone. He's walking... Tw- okay, he's picked up a bag. He's handing me... He's handing me a bag. 
It's a, it's a late birthday present, Mike. You, oh my goodness, you really? A, you had a birthday since this uh, since the last episode. So I'll describe. Jared handed me a gift bag that's pink, salmon pink. Thank you, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got some beautiful sparkly, or as my daughter says, sparkety, sparkety tissue paper sticking out the top of it. And it's got my sad face uh, glued to the front of it. Well, I had to cover up the... It, it's a reused bag, so I had to cover up the other name on it with something. <laughs> and I had a thousand Mike Adams stickers laying around right. the house. You know. Perfect. Well, shall I dive in? Yeah, sure. That's the sound of tissue paper. So I've pulled out the tissue paper. I see a green, I see a green thing sticking out the top. I'm going to reach in and grab the green. Pull it up. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. It is a, the green was a cactus. It's a very large <laughs> packaging for a Peanuts action figure of Spike, the Snoopy relative. <laughs> the cool dog. <laughs> the cool dog with his little mustache. <laughs> oh, this is perfect, Jared. Thank you. I. Uh, <laughs> it was a uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive, but it was canceled. Oh. So they just sold them on the net. Oh, nice. I got one for myself, too. Well, thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. This is a nice gift. I was actually, no joke, you and I, right before we got on here, we were talking about the Muppets. Uh-huh. Uh, and I remembered uh, years ago when you and I first started gallivanting around together, you had a Dr. Teeth action figure in your van that I used to play with a lot. <laughs> I, I have it on my work desk right now, actually. Do you really? Yeah. Well, the nose fell off. Oh, well, that's you know. so funny, because as we were watching the Muppets last night, me and the kids, I thought, I thought of that Dr. Teeth, and then I thought... I could use some Muppet action figures in my office at work. Oh, yeah. And now you have that Dr. Teeth in your office at work wow. right around the corner from my office. Yes, you can come look at it anytime. You can borrow it. No, that's we okay. Can, we, uh, yeah. But I'm going to put Spike in my office. Perfect. Now, uh, I think it still has the uh, the, the peg, the peg uh, board holder thing intact. It does, yeah, right at the top here. So that begs the question. To open or not? Do you resell it on eBay tomorrow? That's the question. And buy what you re- something you would like even more? But buy some Muppet uh, dolls? Or do I hang on to it for forty years and then or sell it on whatever <laughs> is eBay at that time? Right. I have a feeling I'm going to open it. I think it'll be called eBay 2000 or something like that <laughs> if it's in the future. I tend to be an opener of sure. Things. Yeah. I don't. I'm yeah, not. Let them breathe. Yeah, and it's like you know I do understand the collector's market of like mint in box. I get that. I do get it. That's just not me, and uh, I'm the kind of guy who thinks that they make toys to be played with. Exactly, yeah. You got to get them out and work their little arms up and down once in a while. That's right. Otherwise, they atrophy. Don't want that. Jared, thank you for this. Oh, no problem. This is great. Let's, should we, uh, for anyone who doesn't know who Spike is, looks, oh, yeah. like, looks like this is from the Super 7 company, by the way. What else can we know about this by looking at the package? This package is nice. That's, it's, uh, that's 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 that's, it's, that's part of the appeal. I mean, it's it, very it'll be little fine once you take it out of the package too. But it's a die cut. Yeah, it's a die cut cactus that's that is impractical. Like they wouldn't bring this to the store really, like at you know, WalMarts or Target because the packaging is a little bit impractical in a way that I appreciate. I like it, um, but it's very little plastic. It's mostly cardstock. Looks great. Super Seven Retail Incorporated. San Francisco, California. But anyway, if you don't know who Spike is, Spike is a desert-dwelling, laid-back dog who occasionally leaves his home in Needles, California to visit his brother, Snoopy. 
The two are avid pen pals. Most days you can find Spike playing tumbleweed basketball, cooking, or relaxing with his constant companions, the cacti. He first appeared in the comic strip on August 13, 1975, and has appeared in Peanuts more frequently than any of other than any other of Snoopy's siblings. I didn't Spike. realize they were siblings, straight up. Yeah, yeah. He's a brother. Spike has whiskers, which look like a mustache, and always wears a hat. In the Sunday strip from October 13, 1996, he is given Mickey Mouse's shoes and often wears them in later strips. He is very skinny in appearance. <laughs> Spike first appeared in on August 4th, 1975, when he sends Super, yeah, like, as you said, he sends uh, Snoopy a letter saying he's coming to visit. Spike, I like him. Everybody is shocked to see how skinny he is <laughs> due to the fact that the coyotes he lives with don't share any food with him. Originally, he lived with coyotes, but they mistreated Spike, so he moved out and moved somewhere close to the city of Needles, California, where he lives by himself with a cactus for company. What a mysterious guy. Yeah. Spike. Thank you again for this, Jared. It's nice to receive a gift. Hey, no problem. Especially a neat little one like this. Speaking of gifts given to the world, some popular Spike quotes from yesteryear are... <laughs> Just kidding, Mike. I'm no, okay. go ahead. Let's no, hear no, what no, he no, has no. to say. I'd like to hear what he has to say. Well, I learned something. Never carry a cactus in a rubber raft. That's good advice. When you live on a desert, there's nothing more exciting than watching the sun go down. Then what? What? Okay. That's, that's the quote. <laughs> Sometimes I lie here at night and it's so lonely, so I look up at the stars and I give them names like they're all friends of mine, and I talk to them. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> That's from April 11th, 1992. Spike's a real hippie type. Yeah. Sure, life in the desert can be lonely at times, but at least you know you're not going to get hit in the face with a pie. And then he gets hit in the face with a pie. Did you see Rick Moranis got his head beaten in this week? Uh, I heard he was attacked. I didn't get well, the details. Maybe I'm exaggerating. He says he's fine. <laughs> Sorry, one more spike quote. <laughs> it's hard to explain why balloons are so much fun. <laughs> that is true. Life Mike. in the desert is exciting. Last night the sun went down and this morning the sun came up. There's always something happening. <laughs> All right, so the spike quotes. We'll be back with more of those next week in our new installment, Spike Quotes. Spike quotes, I like that. Speaking of uh, balloons... My kids got balloons this week from Penguin Point. They've been really enjoying those all week. One of them popped, and that was a big deal. There's still one in there floating around. Uh, how, how, what, is it the new logo? on the? Is there a logo on the balloon? The Penguin Point logo? Something like that? It's the new one from like the last 20 years, yeah. There's an older one. I guess it's been around long enough they could bring back the old one like Pizza Hut's doing. They totally could. Although, I, I'm i on the fence about which one I like more. Really? Yeah. Wow. I really am. Because I like the old one because it's just like straight up a penguin. <laughs> but the new one's got that kind of chilly willy vibe to it. Uh, new meaning, yeah, yeah. last 20 years. Uh, and he's got those little nephews or whatever. They just They have more personality. I like the personality in them. People pleasers. I guess. We drove up to Cloverdale. 
they have installed a penguin point in Cloverdale. It's unbelievable. Jared, that's only 40 minutes from here. Before the closest one to you was... Wabash, Indiana. Oh. No. There's one closer than Wabash. Right? <laughs> Where? Closer to Bloomington? Yeah. Well, you got one in Marion. Is there one in Marion? Yeah. I didn't even know that. I didn't know. We just always hit either uh, the one in Wabash or one of the three in Warsaw when there, we go home. There used to be one in Muncie. Oh, there used to be one in Fort Wayne as well. Now we've got a new one in Cloverdale and a new one in North Manchester. The, the empire is expanding. But Cloverdale, even if you want to talk about Marion, Cloverdale is only 40 minutes away. I can go there every day if I want. <laughs> you really could. Uh, and not, what's, what's I could deal? go there every day if I want, and it wouldn't disrupt my life too much. <laughs> Do they have breakfast? I couldn't tell you. I didn't go for breakfast. I went for a big Wally. A uh, friend of the show, Kurt, said he went to the Menards parking lot breakfast. Oh, right. That's the kind of content people on the show want to hear. <laughs> All right. So there's Hold a... On. there's a, What? You don't think these people want to hear about the Penguin Point that they could literally drive to? And it's no problem. Like, do it. I could drop everything and do it right now if they wanted to. Let's 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 go on a field trip there next episode. I think uh, that sounds great. Let's do I, it. If I get in the back of your van, that's a good twelve feet. Oh yeah, we can put the window down. All right. I did that. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Menards yeah, breakfast. I, uh, when Kurt Kurt was in town, I said he was staying at a hotel near the Menards, or not too far from the Menard, Menards, and I was like, hey. I'm curious. There's a uh, a breakfast cart in the Menards parking lot. You should go check it out. He did. He said it was good. I think he had a burrito. Wow. Makes me want to go try it. I have seen that thing out there. I don't think it's you know Menards running it. <laughs> it's not I think Menards. It's someone using food. the parking lot. I wonder if you save big money still though at the breakfast thing. I think you if you um. Save your receipts and mail them into a P.O. box, which is on the side of the truck. Then you get an 11 cent off coupon for your next dollar spent. Early voting has begun in Monroe County. We'd like to encourage you all to get out there and vote. Yeah. I'm hoping to do it. I'm hoping to do it sometime this week or next. There was a big line when I drove by today. Big line. In a good way. If you have the time, you got to stand in it. If you don't, hey, maybe you can vote absentee. Hey, maybe you can vote on the day of. But I'd recommend voting. Are these are these people uh, giving each other space in this line? There, yeah. there appeared to be lots. Great. Excuse me. My goodness. There appeared to be lots of space between people. It looked like everyone was wearing a mask. Everyone was spaced out. Seemed it seemed responsible. Whoa! Did you say everybody was spaced out, man? <laughs> yeah, Spike was there. <laughs> he was about to vote, which is illegal. So that proves that there's lots of illegal Spike voting yeah, going he's on. He's from Needles, California. What's yeah. he doing here? You know, he's like those Miss Indiana. It's like Miss, yeah, it's like Miss Ellen. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Nothing's good. Can't have nothing good these days. It's looking nice here in the studio, though. <laughs> I mean, it is. It looks like you've, uh, you know. Well, before. It looks, it looks tidier. Before people get the wrong idea, we're in the garage, actually. Double, double doored, gr- double, double? Oh, well, lots of garages are double doored. Yours is it's like a double mul- door. It's like a mullet. <laughs> yeah. It opens in the front and the back. Business in the front, party in the back. Uh, uh, is, that what, <laughs> is that the right analogy? <laughs> anyway. Uh, business in the front, party in the back? 
I'd say there's a party on both sides. Both. No, I would say the cars get parked out front, and oh, back here is okay. the fire pit where we do the party. But you don't have to walk around the house. You just walk straight through because both garage doors are open. Like a ghost. Speaking could, of ghosts, this garage might be haunted. You could turn this into a drive-through. Oh yeah, that'd be good. It's just all the cars would pile <laughs> up in the backyard. <laughs> Remember when my truck did that once? Oh, yeah. I got my truck stuck in Mike's backyard that I'm looking at right now. Why did we bring your truck into my backyard? I can't remember. <laughs> That's a good question. Why was it in there in the first place? We drove your truck into the backyard <laughs> into for the some mud. reason, and it got stuck in the uh, mud. I mean, we were unloading something that we I probably was, shouldn't have been doing. It's just like, I was like, oh, we'll make it like 1% easier by just driving 10 more feet into your backyard, but then it made it. I can't remember what we would have been unloading. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe Jess would remember. But uh, remember those roofers came. They saw that right. we were trying to get you out, and those roofers came over and helped the, us out. Yeah. You just took five of us to push it out of the mud. Fond memories. Oh, pleasant memories of yesteryear. Uh, the reason it looks tidier out here is because a couple things. One, I have been in the process of tidying up a little bit. Need to clean up this area still. But also, my in-laws were here a week ago. We had dinner out here, and so that's why everything has doilies on it and tablecloths. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and candles. We sat out here and had Culver's with my in-laws. You ever get the Culver's family size french fries? I never have. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, they're... uh a regular size French fry is plenty of fries, you know. <laughs> sure. But it's like, you know, it's not like a huge amount. It's a little paper sack, you know. But if you go for the family size, which is like, I think five twenty nine, something like that, it's a giant uh, clamshell plastic square, Whoa. like this big, just full of French fries, more than I could eat. Wow. More than all th- all three of us could eat. <laughs> I mean, we ate them all, but it was still too much yeah, for all course, three of us. Yeah, of course, of course. So, you should do that next time. Okay. Sounds just, great. Just a little advice. Uh, Piglin Point has has good french fries. That's my favorite thing there. They do. The, uh, I mean, I'm not really crazy about their sandwiches, to be honest. Okay, so here's the thing. Jess is in a similar position. She's not crazy about the sandwiches. I think what's important to remember, if you go to Penguin Point, it's like, first of all, why are you getting anything except the Big Wally? I don't know. Why is it? That's, oh. that's the, it's like half hamburger, half penguin meat, right? <laughs> that's right. It's like a blend. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's a nice blend. It's real smooth and salty. Like a shawarma. Uh-huh. Uh, they have other stuff. The chicken, I'm told, is good. My mom likes to get the tenderloin, which, by the way, at Culver's, pork <laughs> tea is back. <laughs> That's right. The big uh, <laughs> the big light up sign says, "Pork tea is back." Jess and I laugh at that every time we drive by. It's like pork, pork tea. tea is back, baby. Every every I mean everybody knows what it means. <laughs> pork tea is back. If you want it. Yeah, I wish I could figure <laughs> out a way to get that into. I haven't yet. But we need to figure out a way to get that just into my vocabulary, so it's something that I say when I'm celebrating anything. Hey, pork, pork tea is back. pork tea is back, baby. I don't, and it's not a good pork tea. <laughs> I re- I reckon it's probably akin to the Penguin Point 
portee. The PP portee. Which is like, which is uh, close to bun size, which is not what you want. Which I would compare to a Pete's Pride. So the PP yeah. portee is comparable to a PP portee. Yeah. Um, which I believe that the Pete's Pride factory is in Muncie. I believe it is, yeah. They got rid of their old boxes, which were a, it was a good looking box. Now that and they kept, is. They kept with it for years. Yeah. And it was the only good thing about them. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, listen. <laughs> when it comes to Pete's Pride, freezer food, yeah. freezer food, I'll eat a Pete's Pride and happily. I, I got no problem with it. I think they're good enough. I wouldn't, it's the same thing where it's like, I wouldn't say, this is a good pork tenderloin. <laughs> I would say, this is a good, you know, in fact, when I was a kid, my dad just called them fritters. You want a fritter? Fritter. And that meant Pete's Pride thing. Did your dad have a fry daddy? I don't know if it was technically a fry daddy, but it was a little deep fryer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pete's Pride, we had a lot of those. We we had, we had one of those too, and the Pete's Pride would come in, We would it would be fried at home, you know? Yeah. But then when I got on my own, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a pizza fried fritter. But I didn't have a deep fryer. I just cooked them in the oven. Oh, yeah. Not as good. Yeah, I would think Obviously. they're not as good. Top top three uh, uh, freezer foods if you have to have frozen food for dinner tonight. Oh, boy. That's tough. I don't eat out of the freezer much these days. Uh, Jack's, Jack's pizza. Well, I was going to say I'll go for the things that I eat, not even necessarily Yeah, yeah. That's favorite. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, some kind of Jack's or Tombstone pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of bean burger I eat a lot of bean that's, burgers out of the freezer. That was my second one too. The Morning Star spicy. Morning Star, yeah, spicy, spicy bit. And spicy then bean. third, uh, I'm not even really sure, but Jess has been keeping these like frozen gnocchi things from Fresh Time. That okay, are, that are. I, I would say we have all three this, the same because uh, mine was. Uh, we're gonna say it's the same thing. Uh, Cheese filled pretzel bites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically the same. <laughs> Both little little nubs of <laughs> dough. <laughs> That gnocchi is real weird. The um, the like pastas, pasta, pasta, <laughs> the pasta sauce that they come with are just these little weird frozen cubes, and you put a you put some butter in the pan and a little bit of water, and then you just dump this freezer bag into the pan. Oh, and the little cubes turn into the sauce. It's, I, I, and it's gray and it okay. looks so sick. Where did she get this? Fresh thyme. Okay. I bought one of these freezer bags at Kroger last week for the first time. It was uh, it's like green r- green Thai curry. Oh, yeah. But it's like little like balls of like frozen things. Yeah. But it's like just put it in a pan and warm it up and it turns into the soupy stuff. It grosses me out while I'm making it. Yeah. Then it tastes good when I'm yeah. eating it. Anyway, with Penguin Point, if you go, I wouldn't go thinking I'm about to have what Mike Adams says is the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. Do they, they don't have any like uh, Michelin tire stars, do they? I, I couldn't say. Yeah. I, I do know that they please people. That's all I know for sure Okay. <laughs> at that place. Um, what I would say is the Big Wally doesn't taste like anything else. It's a fast food hamburger sandwich. So you know what those, you know the genre. So you know what to expect in that regard. But they are unique. They do only taste like a big Wally, and I love that thing nostalgically, and I happen to also love it presently. So that's what I'll say. I'm not endorsing it as the greatest sandwich, but I am saying I like them. All right. I like what it is. Mike, seen any uh, good movies lately? TV shows? Movies? Uh, I watched The Matrix for the first time. The first time? <laughs> yeah. Just the other night. 
What did you think of seeing The Matrix for the first time in 2020? I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I'd seen bits and pieces of it over the years, and there are so many culturally adopted things from that movie. Whether they were um, parodied or just borrowed, whatever. What are we listening to here, Jared? I was just looking up to see what the title of the bed music song is, and it's Scorcher. It sounds like Jump. But it's spelled it's spelled S-C-O-R-T-C-H-E-R. Scorcher. Nice. I thought it was a weird... It is kind of... It's like Jump. It's like a Muzak Jump. Totally. Go ahead and bounce. <laughs> you really do appreciate uh, someone who can play a good guitar solo when you hear this. That's right. Because even though you can run the scale, it doesn't mean the solo is good. I should bring my. I should play guitar in the air next next week. Do it Dave Hill style. I always yeah. loved when he did that. I'll bring my. I'll bring my guitar. We'll do. Uh, we'll do. Um, uh, we'll have a guitar duel. That's what the people want to hear. <laughs> someone who knows how to play guitar having a guitar duo duel with someone who doesn't. Here's the thing, though, Jared, is that uh, I don't play lead guitar that all that well. So we might be in. This, uh, we might be more similar than you realize in all right. that regard. I'll, I'll bring. I'll, I'll bring my guitar next week. Sounds perfect. We'll put on some nice. This will uh, be fun. Easy music, and then we'll jam to it, and the people will listen to it. All right. This is going to be fun. Sounds great. What are the steaks? No, let's not do steaks. Let's do Pete's Pride fritters. Come on, Mike. Mike, come on. <laughs> we need to, to bet something. Um, How do we decide if who If I win, you have to edit the show for the rest of our lives. <laughs> okay. okay. And if I win, yeah. then you do. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Editing's easy. It's the hosting that's hard. Can't you tell? I wonder if the listeners enjoy the traffic sounds in the background. I think they do. I would if I were listening. So if I'm doing the golden rule of broadcasting, which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you, I would say, yeah, I would like that. They will like this. But yeah, the Matrix. I um, I enjoyed it more. I, I sincerely enjoyed it more than I was kind of expecting. I expected to think, "Oh, what a time capsule! What a funny little time capsule!" But it's a it's an interesting movie. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> There, there were a few things. There was, there was a sort of an inceptionness to it that 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 took me out of it a couple times. Where it was just like it, I had a similar problem with Inception, more so with Inception, the movie. Yes, where it's like, don't tell me this is a dream world where anything can happen, and then show me like someone in peril. And it's supposed to be this tense moment when it's like, why don't you just have something happen that gets you out of the peril? 
You know what I mean? All you have to do is dream that something yeah. saves you. It's like, okay, then do that. Why are you freaking out? Think of something cool. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Inception. Boy, did I hate that. I know. I heard all about it. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it since. I think I saw it in the theater. Maybe with you. You know what Tom Hardy movie I do like? Who's Tom Hardy? He's in Inception. Okay. Uh, Mad Max's Fury Road. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. It's one of those movies where uh, I remember enjoying it. But when I think back in on it, all I can remember is the gu- the, the guy with the guitar. <laughs> That's a memorable thing. <laughs> uh, we watched it again. I showed it to Asa, which was a big, big mistake. <laughs> Should not have done that. Um, He's much too young to be watching a movie like that. You just got an alert on my phone. Yes. What band were you just talking about? This, this saying this this music sounds like uh, Van Halen. Van right? Halen, yeah. Eddie Van Halen just texted you. No, he has passed on. Are you serious? Yeah. Six minutes ago, which is exactly when you said Van Halen. Ooh. Eddie Van Halen's died. Sixty-five. Yeah. My goodness. I didn't. <sighs> Sorry, Eddie. Yeah. Thanks for giving us what you gave us, Edward. He he had. You got an alert had... on your phone. <laughs> Yeah. Do you follow the Google alert Eddie Van Halen? <laughs> no. He had cancer. I didn't realize that. I also did not know that. Sorry, but I guess we should have done our research. Known. Wow. Eddie. Somebody on Instagram shared uh, themselves listening to Janie's Crying the other day, which is a song I really like a lot. That is a good song. In fact, you want to play it? I was just going to say, we might as well... Play Jamie's crying. Uh, this one goes out to Eddie Van Halen and his family. Alex. All right. We're back. Unspoken Request is on the air for hour number two. Guess what, Mike? What, Jared? We have a special guest on the line. No kidding. Special guest, are you there? I am here. Dan Coleman's on the phone. Oh, hey, Dan. Hey, Mike and Jared. How's it going? Going good, man. It's been a while. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right. I don't think I've stepped foot in Bloomington in seven months now. (laughs) Whoa. That is wild. Yeah. Oh, boy. You, where are you? You're in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. Yeah. What, yeah. we, how's the scene up there? You know, it's fun. You know, we don't have college kids on scooters running around <laughs> being reckless, so that yeah. helps. W- without giving out your address, what uh, what part of Chicago uh, do you find yourself in? I am in? in Pilsen, which is near University of Illinois Chicago. It's like five minutes from downtown. So I'm like on the edge of the south side. Oh, okay. It's the borderline of the loop. You mentioned those scooters, Dan. I, I just realized they've been here for a while now, and this mm-hmm. year, I, as I was walking around, going back and forth to work, I had a brand new hatred that just burned up inside <laughs> me as I saw them just strewn all over the place and chirping, and oh boy, do I hate them. 
I've seen a lot more people taking pictures of them, like to verify they're doing what they're supposed to be doing with them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna stop the kids. That's right, gonna, I know. The shame. That's like, oh well. Remember when, he, when they were first in town? Me and Mike drove by uh, a pickup truck that had probably like just like a mountain of like three hundred of them, like <laughs> stacked on top of each other, tied with like bungee rope or something. Remember you that? Get like seven oh, yeah. cents for charging them or something. So yeah. Oh jeez. What a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Real real quick. Someone's music is very loud in my oh, ear. Oh, it's loud. I don't know whose that is. How's that? Oh, is it gone? Go. Is it gone? It's gone now. Yeah. Okay, great. Sorry about that. No worries. We're uh, we're still figuring out what technology means yeah. in our lives. <laughs> it's it's only our seventieth episode. <laughs> so Dan, yeah. yes, you're in Chicago. I'm uh, in Chicago. People here in Bloomington probably know of you because you have booked pretty much uh, all the shows we've we've seen here. Not all of them, but a good majority cool. of them for yeah. the last... Uh, when did you start putting on live music concerts here in town? Uh, I feel like I started doing shows like 06-ish in my memory. The first like show show I did uh-huh. was an old-time religion show at Bear's Place in like 07. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So... Let's call either late 06. Yeah. 07 is when I started taking it seriously. Wow. Yeah. Dan, one of my first uh, earliest memories of interacting with you was at Bear's Place at a show. Wouldn't surprise me if it was that show. I, I don't know my timeline. But uh, I, you were playing some music over the speakers, and I came to you and said, Hey, what is this? This is really good. And you were like, it's Amy Winehouse, idiot. <laughs> no, you did not say that, but that was the answer, was that it was Amy Winehouse. And I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's one of the, my earliest memories of interacting with you, is that you tipped me off to who Amy Winehouse was. <laughs> Sounds on brand. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a very early adopter. Like, I saw her at a tent at Bonnaroo. Oh, whoa. And that's how I was like, oh, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. no I, said, I, said, I said correct it. It wasn't anyone else. I saw Adele at a tent at Bonnaroo and was like, oh, what's this <laughs> Cutting edge, man. Yeah. I saw Dashboard Confessional play for 10 people once on, on family vacation <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> so... So if people You're want to know what's coming up next, just ask you two guys. <laughs> That's right. Hey, 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 Jared, what's, where was your hair during that? Was it everywhere? It was everywhere, <laughs> man. It was everywhere. <laughs> Actually, it probably was by then. I had pretty long hair back then. I had shoulder-length hair at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. I had a, I had a wild, <laughs> wild, wild few years there. Uh, so, Dan, Spirit of 68 Promotions... Productions, promotions, promotions, promotions. Um, that's you. Um, yes. but also now here in 2020, you are yes. starting a record. You would call it a record label. A record label. Yes, I am uh, making the leap to the other side because there's no better time to do that during a <laughs> pandemic and economic shutdown. That's right. Yeah. Is this something you had been planning on doing b- before this? and uh, uh, or, or was it kind of a response to, um, you know, the global pandemic and not being uh, able to do live music shows? 
it's kind of a combination of things. Uh-huh. Like I've spent years, um, if you ask anyone at the Secret Canadian office, I've spent years harassing them about things I think they should be doing. <laughs> um, just adding two cents that, you know, what is probably, you know, politely listened to. Um, and at a certain point, you decide maybe I should, you know, do this on my own. Also, I've, uh, you might know Ben Whitkugel from Winspear. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I hector people, he has been politely hectoring me to like, hey man, you ever think about uh, doing a thing? You do a thing. You do a thing. <laughs> and then basically the world stopped and he was like, hey, you want to do a thing? I was like, I mean, I have no reason to say no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you're doing this label with Ben. What, um, what are, do each of you have like uh, defined roles for what you'll be doing? Uh, with the label or no we are just kind of just winging it i mean you know i've been booking shows he's been doing quite well with winspear and we're just kind of like it's a i don't want to say shared side project it's just uh let's try a thing so we're kind of doing it just winging, seeing how it goes like we don't have like agenda we're not trying to conquer the world we're just like let's start a label let's put out austin's music yeah. And see it, how it goes. And the label is called Junebug's Joints. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. Yes. And you've got one song out. We have one. Yes. You know, and it's a very just, good one. Gotta start, gotta start big. Yeah. That's right. That's good. One day, one day at a time. Also, back on CBS. I want you to watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Netflix was wrong. Is that Nell um, Carter? Was that right? Let's give me a break. Uh, oh, give me a break. Yeah. A break. What's one day yes. at a time? It's. Uh, <laughs> Valerie Bertinelli. Yes. Oh yes. yes. Okay. Right. Sandy Duncan. Right. But like Sandy Duncan yes. The Hogan yes. family. Yeah. Yes. We could just name sitcoms all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you came here for. Uh, yeah. But no. Yeah. Uh, it's called Junebug's Joints, uh, based largely because a lot of the initial funding was based on me selling my records, <laughs> because <laughs> it's literally funded by Junebug's Joints. Yeah. Like one. When am I going to DJ again? Why do I need hip-hop 12 inches? When am I going to listen to so many records? Like, I went from, like, 5,000 to, like, 1,500. Just, wow. like, when am I, I going to use these things again? How wh- how did you sell them? Did you do Discogs, eBay, Discogs, all that stuff? Discogs, eBay. It's just I don't have a job because people won't get their stuff together to put on shows again sure. <laughs> so what am i gonna do have you dipped into any of the like online streaming show stuff have you tried out anything like that uh i have tried but i mean like i'm realistic about like i sometimes say i've vastly overachieved in the world of booking and i recognize <laughs> that like poopington is not the largest of markets yeah. so like yeah if a show is coming great people will come if i tell people to check out a link from one of my shows yeah. people are like we could just go directly like, yeah, yeah. That, that's fair <laughs> that's, that's yeah fair. It, the streaming shows thing seems very impossible to me i saw uh, some links today of artists that i like yeah. but even that was like i don't know if i even want this experience <laughs> you know yeah like i don't know it was it just got me thinking about it a lot i've watched a few i mean like when it first started like i watched some like i watched the lollapalooza stream I watch some things like that. Yeah. Like I watch, but like I, yeah. I'm sure, but like I'm sure, like the for the artists themselves, I am sure that they are doing well, not 
great, but fine. Yeah. But as far as a promoter trying to get people to like use me to access that, yeah. I am in Bloomington and not Chicago or New York <laughs> City. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not a big city performer. Yeah, almost all kind of promoter trying to get people to see things. Dan, I've uh, superficially uh, interacted with you in this regard many, many times throughout the years, but I've never really gotten a chance to ask you this specific question now that you've mentioned the size of the Bloomington market. You have done very well for yourself in terms of longevity and the quality of the shows you've done here in Bloomington, which is a small place. How have you done, how have you managed to do that? Um, let's see. Uh, the simplest answer is I didn't stop. Yeah. Uh, it's more like a volume game. Like everyone can put on a show now and again, and it's fine, mm-hmm. but it's not profitable. Yeah. But if you do a hundred and something shows events a year, you can eke out a living. And that's effectively making the decision. Like, you know, when I started, I was writing for the Herald Times and doing some shows at various Place because Dave Britton was like, I don't want to work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And so it just like escalated from like one show a week to two shows to like anyone that's run a house show knows. It's like you do one show, you get two shows, and then everyone in the Midwest is like, oh, this person's doing shows? Let me email them back. Yeah. And then just wildly spirals. And then it spirals to a point where you're also like doing feists at the auditorium. So it, does, it, it was a spiral. But it's more just I just kept doing it. Um, and also I think um, – about a quote from someone describing the music scene in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it was effectively like he realized that the promoter that he thought was doing a great job was really just the first person to realize that people had to get from Canada to somewhere else. <laughs> right. And I feel like in, like my job, it's not that it, it was made easier, but effectively Indiana as a whole is a gas stop between yeah. Chicago and the rest of the world. Yeah. So where do you want to go is basically what it is. And I also was in a right place, right time situation. And like when I try to describe how to do this, like it's just, it's almost impossible to do it the way that I did it. Yeah, right. Like the, way, the, the way I did it is like when I started, everybody who is somebody now was either like at like three agencies ago or a low level person. So it's like, I started booking shows when all the people who matter now were just someone. Yeah. So we all kind of grew together and form relationships. And now it's just, you throw money at it and whoever has the highest bidder wins. And like, you have some relationships, but a lot of it's like entry level point is you get lucky and you throw money at it. I just worked with a bunch of people and I overachieved. <laughs> it's just like you get it. I mean, it's like even when I say overachieved, like I did Big Frida at a barbecue at at Russian recording for yeah. some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just kind of like being right place, right time. You catch. I mean, for instance, like Fantagram played Rachel's Cafe. Yeah. What? <laughs> that was, well, that's the thing. I haven't really ever thought you about this before but you mentioned just the longevity and the relationships you've built with you know booking agents and artists that that never really occurred to me as that is a part of the strength of like yeah some of the shows you've booked in town through the years they're kind of mind-blowing things when you look back and think that happened here 
Uh, but yeah, the fact that you've just been able to m- maintain connections it's, and also just yeah, uh, uh, yeah a, 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 a good uh, a good business. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, it's really like fascinating. With any, it's like with any business or any relationship. It's like you prove that you can like. Not, not they don't necessarily have this now, but like Bloomington does not have the greatest standard of appreciation. Yeah. In the world, like I remember watching. I mean, I didn't do the show, but I remember when Method Man played the Bluebird. It was a sold-out show, and he was literally just like standing on stage, looking out, just amazed. Anyone in this town he probably never heard of <laughs> yeah. was there to see him, and it was he was the biggest smile on his face. He literally like grabbed the rafters and walked out the crowd. It was incredible. And that's how Bloomington operates. It's just people think nothing is going to happen, and then they get here, and the show does decent or way better than they expected, and then they tell two friends, they tell two friends, yeah. and then the process repeats. And so it's just like, just don't, just do a good job, and people will notice. Have there been t- uh, like waves over the years for you, like um, in-, in booking shows here in town? Where it was like, okay, things are going great, and then it seemed like, oh no, what's happening? And the reason I'm asking this is because I feel like this town is so transient and turns over so much. Yes. Uh, I wonder what the waves of that have been like for you in terms of your reputation, or um, you know, oh, there's a Spirit of '68 show. I know it's going to be good. I can go to it. Versus someone being like, what's that? <laughs> you know. Um, I think it. It's- the town itself has had waves where when I started doing this, we had so many local bands doing things. We had so many different scenes. Like we had, we had a hip hop scene still. Yeah. We had the garage rock scene. You had like, for lack of a better term, I want to say like the Muncie sound, <laughs> which was like <laughs> husband and wife and friends. And like, you had like, like I've, I've had this conversation with many of you before. Like you have to provide context. What happens is we had bands who had context. So you had, you had um, like the tsunamis, but you had like four bands they could play with. Yeah. And husband and wife had like four bands they could play with, and so you had context. You didn't have all these bands that were out here on their own, and like we had a punk scene. Like you had, you know, you you had good luck in seven bands. You had, we had a folk scene. We had a, we used to have a really good like alt rock, like a alt country scene bluegrass scene we had all these scenes and then slowly people either moved to bigger cities or people opened up vegetarian restaurants or people <laughs> got slice degrees moved to north carolina and then <laughs> you know not yeah. to not take you know, not, no personal anecdotes, of course just, of course spitballing here um <laughs> and then so the local scene itself it it kind of flatlines, it ebbs and flows, it came, you know, it came yeah. back from like, but as far as the touring scene goes, the touring, uh, we, like, we've always been a good stopgap because most of the cities in Indiana didn't have their act together. I've never understood why Lafayette wasn't better. Yeah. It's a very large town, they have many things, but I go there and it's like, I don't get this. Even your record store, they're like, this is fine. They're yeah, like, right. you should be better, man. <laughs> totally. Um, and it's just like, Bloomington just historically has been the city that had its act together first. Indianapolis has finally achieved its its final form. So, you know, that's <laughs> made it slightly difficult as of late, but it's just as far as waves go, we've had for touring bands, it's been pretty consistent. And then it 
like it's spiraled lately once Indianapolis got their act together. It's like, well, we don't have the venue to compete. Before, it's just like, we're a place. All your friends are here. Yeah. You have, it's like, screaming females keep coming here because we're just, we're a good hang. Yeah, like, we're, right. not, we're the Mac DeMarco of cities. <laughs> like, we're just like, we're just a good hang. Bloomington's just a good place to hang. We'll have a good time. Maybe you won't make the most money, but you won't hate yourself. Yeah. And we have like a lake and nature. So like people used to go out of the way to come here because you'd have a good time when you're here. And then you tell someone, it's like, if I have to go to Indiana, where am I going to go? That place where, you know, like I had a good time or my merch person's band came and had a good time. And so that was a thing that happened. And as of late, I would say from a national band standpoint, the wave is still riding from a local standpoint. It has flatlined a bit. Yeah, that's uh, it's simultaneously for me uh, sad and affirming to hear you say that because I think about that all the time, like what the local music scene is these days, especially as someone who's just continued to live here and continued just to kind of do what I do. Yeah, it's like, do we not know what's going on because yeah. we don't go to house shows as well, much or are there think, not? Yeah, yeah. I often think like, uh, I should check my attitude because I'm probably just getting old. <laughs> uh, I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. I think we have aged out. I mean, used to joke about going to house shows. It's like, man, I'm 30. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to go to Ducks to Stack anymore. Like, <laughs> right. what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but also, I feel the town, like everyone, because the surrounding areas got their act together, like people moved. Yeah. Bloomington stopped being a place, like Bloomington itself stopped doing the work to maintain the image it had cultivated of itself. The, like Oasis quality that it had. Right. Yeah. It's like... Lafayette got together with Sweetwater and built a venue. Yeah. Indianapolis just throws money at any and everything. Like, are you arts related? Will you bring a person to town? (laughs) Would you like a thousand dollars? Well, that's, that's that's a giant change that I've seen, uh, in the last, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. It went from being like, yes, Bloomington is where we do what we do to Mm net. And Indy is like an afterthought. We might play there on the way to Chicago if it just kind of works out. But now it's like we do so much better in Indy than we do in Bloomington, uh, just in terms of like crowd size or enthusiasm, which is hard to quantify, but you can feel it. You know, it's really weird. Yeah. yeah. The, I've had discussions uh, with people that, um, you know, like even the city is not unaware of these things. I think the makeup of the town changed. I think you're and right. And so, yeah. like, we're not a place where funky liberal arts kids go to escape whatever town they were in. Yeah. I mean, we are, but then what do you do once you graduate? Like the thing I always say is if you want to know what it's like to live in Bloomington, try to get a cup of coffee, a cup of coffee or a meal after two o'clock on a Sunday. Because until <laughs> like there's like all the restaurants put down at two, like there's nothing to do after a certain point so yeah. like if you're 25 years old and you're not in grad school or opening well you know like everyone used to have like we they run thrift stores or they would yeah. own like music repair stores and, like let's go left like they got tired and it's like well i'm gonna start a family now do i want to do it here or do i want to go somewhere else and people chose 
other places, the town just didn't maintain the level of entertainment for people who aren't in school. Yeah, that's what I often think about. That's what it feels like to me is that it's like the town feels so weirdly young all the time because there's no way to establish any kind of scene for anyone who's older than college age. Yes. It's very odd. And what we think of is like sometimes I talk to Heath about this, about we just like do soul in the hole. Like, yeah, I was like, it's like, dude, we were 30, 31. It's like, yeah. oh, right. That was like 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah, just like there's no, there's nowhere to be 35 in Bloomington. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, working for university or young professional. It's like, if you're 28 trying to find your way, just like, you can work it secretly. Yeah. You can work somewhere on campus. Like what are your, you can, you can bottle at Cardinal. Like what do you, what is there to, where is there to do if you're trying to find yourself? Totally. Yeah. Bloomington stopped doing that. And so everyone left because Indianapolis is like, you can combine yourself here. And we also have like venues and places to play. That's a and very interesting will way to put come it. Out, yeah, people will come out and it's the first time I went to Nashville. I remember going also like I had a very, I yeah, it was like I went and because I had friends, I could like see the shins at third man. So it was like not an ideal, like not everyone's version of Nashville, but just going to shows there. It's like people were coming to shows in Nashville to be there when it happened. Yeah. And in Bloomington, the past five or six years, it feels like people came to shows when they were sure it was okay. Yeah. Like the discovery aspect. Like we used to, like when I first started doing this, people just came to shows. It was like, we're just going to shows. Let's go, let's go second story. What's happening? I don't know. Let's go second story. Let's see what's happening. Um, you know, let's go to the art hospital. What's happening? I don't know, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then we stopped doing that. And the house shows that how happened, like there's, I don't want, like, Bloomington is signed for what Bloomington is. It's just not what we remember it being. Right, right. <laughs> and I think that is the bummer to some people. It's just like, Bloomington, unfortunately, Blo- not unfortunately, Bloomington is great for what Bloomington actually is. It's just Bloomington used to have a different reputation, and people who are still there remember that old reputation. Yeah. Like, Bloomington's, it's in southern Indiana. Like, Bloomington's a good town, but it's still a it's Indiana town. It's like, you know, it's a 30-minute drive from Ellen Camp song. Like, that's what Bloomington is. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not bad. It's just like we used to be – it used to be like an arty, more – used to be more. Yeah. And you're like, you said time where, like, majors were coming to sign Arson Garden. Like, that's not happening. Because the base stopped. It's hard to know, for me, it's hard to, to, to gauge with that stuff. What is the stuff to be kind of like – irked about with that and what is the stuff that's like well time marches on you know like yeah okay evolution and change is just gonna happen it just does but then what's the other what's the other side of that that's like oh we dropped the ball by not nurturing this aspect or that one or i don't know like you said you know indianapolis just dumping money into their arts culture or uh, money or time or however you want to put that it's like yeah they've they've fostered a uh a reputation like you were saying. It's yeah, like, I feel like there was a moment where Bloomington did do that, like, in a DIY way. Yeah. And then they went to places where they didn't have to DIY. Yeah. Didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else IY. Yeah, like it's... <laughs> and then, and also, but part of that also is 
there's no one there's not a lot of people left in town to stand as an example for like if you're in a, if you're in a band let's say you've you've come from ohio or peru indiana or somewhere somewhere to bloomington you're at you're in college you form a band like where are you gonna play where's your song gonna get heard yeah who are the bands that you see out in the one i mean this is a great time there's nowhere to play but like who where are you like where talent has two places to play you can play three you can you can play houses you can play blockhouse you can play the bishop yeah and because of the recklessness of indiana's not recklessness because of indiana's alcohol laws like it's just it's even harder if you're on the age of 21 to play anywhere yeah totally like there's nowhere people to play the house show scene that we remember when we were in our mid-20s isn't what it used to be um through a myriad of reasons so like there's not a lot of places to play you don't see a lot of bands out so people aren't even picking up guitars to form bands if they are they're doing what they should do they're playing the wiux on campus circuit yeah which is fine but and it's where they're finding yeah where they're finding support or interest or whatever yeah but like as we all know the divide between campus and the town is very stark yeah and like yeah if you're in a cover band like you know you can play the bluebird and do all right yeah but if you're in a band like outside of the battle outside of like you know you do a showcase at the bishop or the blockhouse and seven people come like is that fine is that fun right, for you right right like that's not you can't build you can't build on that whereas like you play the hi-fi just like people are gonna come out as the hi-fi like, we're just like we're in indianapolis like we're gonna make i mean indianapolis is also mentality as someone who was born and raised and grew up in indianapolis it's always been a convention town so indianapolis has always tried to be the best version of wherever you're from right <laughs> come down come downtown we have all of your chain restaurants yeah <laughs> we have we have a version of your 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 you know your fancy restaurants your fancy bars that we can do this thing that you want to come here we have a much lower tax bracket than we do in san francisco come here salesforce <laughs> we can do this thing that's in apples and then you know through mokb and other things in apples like they know like this is how a scene happens they've they've been to austin they've been to nashville they just repeat it on a midwestern scale this also helps with like the 20th largest city in america just population density yeah and it's like they have all the pieces and for years always like why don't they put the pieces together and then they just found some people who could and then everyone in bloomington who would have been the people just like i mean one the state as a whole doesn't have a great reputation so people are trying to stick in the state yeah if you could go to indianapolis it's very nice there things happen yeah right <laughs> so yeah all right i'm, I'm moving it settles it <laughs> i'm out of here <laughs> no, it's too late. No, 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 yeah, we're entrenched oh i got a mortgage that's interesting to hear you say about uh uh you know bands to watch or look at we had johnny richardson on a few episodes ago and uh i was just saying to him you know when i first got to town early day miners were these guys who had already been doing it for a while that i was watching and it was like I, I, in fact, I wandered into a show of theirs at Second Story, uh, and they blew my mind. And it was like, this is happening here? I want to know about this. I want to be a part of this. I want to, I don't know, I want to do this too, you know? Uh, and yeah, it does feel harder to find that, that yes. secret door into those things locally. 
these days. Here's, here's, here's what I'll say if he ever hears this. Jason Groth moving ruined Bloomington. <laughs> Certainly didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bleep his name where you just said it, and some people will have a big mystery to solve. <laughs> people will think that Dan said uh, Jared Fogle instead. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, horrible. Dan, that's something... Uh, that's interesting to me about Bloomington is that you can pin down people by name who are the go-getters in town and yeah. say that person made an impact here and it really mattered. I think you are one of those people. Uh, but that's just an interesting thing about it being such a small place that when when someone leaves, there is a vacuum for someone who, like you were saying, is an overachiever maybe, who can just step into that and become the person who is now doing that, filling that role. Yeah. Uh, just like there was a, yeah, I mean, like, I just picked up where Mark, like, I just picked up where Mark Chita left off. Yeah. Like, I'm just a continuation of a thing in the way that, like, you know, for a time, Ben Wintkogel was doing shows all over the place, and, like, he was picking up a thing, and that's when, like, all the, that was, I think that was the last moment it felt like we had an exciting, you know, it's like, Duran's happening, and Hoops is happening, and all these bands, like, doing a thing, and, like, People are really excited about Nice Try all of a sudden, and Amy O is doing a thing. So all these things are happening, and then everybody stopped. Yeah. Everyone moved. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for two. It's like, you know, and even like, you know, Heaven Honey's like, I should move to Nashville. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where it is. Like, it's like people get. It's, I mean, I've always said this, and I've, you know, Bloomington is a place to figure out your stuff and then take it somewhere else. But people did that too literally. Almost. Right. <laughs> and people was like, I think I know what this is. Let me go try it out somewhere else instead of building it there. That's so, always been my response yeah. when people ask me why I live here and stay here is that I feel like this town offers me the uh, ability to be as ambitious as I want to be. Uh, and it's like, if I'm feeling real ambitious, I can go for it. And then, yeah, take it somewhere else before I come back home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what helped what hurt a little bit is that people got that, but also like, Annapolis is like, you can also try it here. Yeah, totally. And there's more people up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, that's all. I mean, there's, there's, there are always people trying to do things in Bloomington. And it's, you know, there's always, it's just the outside market isn't always there. The inside market, like... The fact that the divide between campus and off is always been a burden. Yeah. It seemed to be less when, like, you know, we had the WX Fest was still bringing, like, you would see a lineup and it'd have half the bands would be known local bands yeah. who had draws. And then that slowly dissipated as well. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Dan. Tell tell us a funny story about about booking someone. Um, tell us a, a funny story about about uh, someone's favorite artist out there. That'll tickle I mean, them. That'll tickle them. Well, how about again with the big Frida, the big Frida um, barbecue? Barbecue. Oh yes, of course. Is big Frida flew to Bloomington, Illinois, which oh, was no. always weird to me. When kept saying they're flying in, I was like, to our airport? Sure. <laughs> and then I got a panic phone call saying, hey, hey, I'm going to look at I was like, yeah, get a car and drive over here. Like, I don't know. It's five hours away. Like, I, that, I don't tell you. That, <laughs> how many, has that happened multiple times with bands you've you've booked? Because I, uh, I, I remember yeah. there was a culture shock when, th- when that happened. Uh, I, I feel like, um, I want to say the band Best Coast went to Bloomington, yeah. Illinois. 
Yeah, anytime someone says they're flying here, it's like, unless you're playing for IU basketball, like, why are you going to airport? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. the Barefoot Bandit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's like, most, most, I mean, most bands, and this is a revelation I had, like, last month, is there is no more true scene with the music industry than Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you think about backstage, yeah. it's just that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of people who people think are cool in the back just talking about Minnesota Lakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the genius of that scene actually, is that it is more real than fake. Like it's funny, but it's also like, oh, this is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean like like for instance, we I did this I did the second version of Pitch Stop and Mad Lib was here. And then Mad Lib, we like drink some wine mm-hmm. in the basement of the Buskirk, and then because he's not from Indiana and just heard about it on like songs or whatever, was very excited that we had a steak and shake. So <laughs> at like two AM I got in my car and I drove I drove Egon and Mad Lib the steak and shake and we just like <laughs> ate at steak and shake and talked about his kids and my dead dad and we just like that's what we did. And I was like talked about steak and shake. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Like that's, yeah. What uh maybe maybe the answer is just uh, subsistence. But what has kept you doing it, Dan, for so long? Uh, it's too late to have another skill set. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of it is. It is there's a weird. So I've sometimes said that my least favorite part of this is the show itself. Yeah. It's more just. It's like hearing a song you like or reading about a band and your thought not being I'd like to check this out and be like I'd like to bring them to me yeah and then being able to actually do it like getting excited about the XX and then being able to bring them to the Buzzkirk and then also skate around town with them because they, no matter what they told me they were still ch- <laughs> <laughs> like literally like on skateboards around town I think I dropped them off at the skate shop wow and then there was some consternation about whether or not they would make it to sound to the actual show or not and they did and it was awesome and it's on youtube you can find it but it's like like that just like it's the git the git is the thing it's like yeah i mean i enjoy music but also just like being able to have an inside track to a band before they pop is great yeah or loving a band for so long and getting a chance to finally like bring them to you Dan. is a thing that you not everyone gets a chance to do. Yeah. You have done that for me more than once over the years just as a fan. Dan is bringing them. Dan is bringing Low to town to play for two hours at the Bluebird, and I can just go stand right in front of Alan while they play for two hours. At you the can, Bluebird. and I can lose a lot of money and I pay you. <laughs> I remember talking to you after that show, and you were uh, not in as good a mood as I was. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this, Mike. <laughs> I did this just for you. <laughs> Literally only you. <laughs> yes. I said, like, I, for every show, like, I don't remember every show that went well, but I remember every show that did not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah. That's, uh, it's fun to hear you talk about it actually as a, um, as a pursuit. That's a, that's a fun way to think about you doing this. Yeah. It's like just, it's, I mean, it's a thing you just fall into. It's like there's, 
there's books and things that like kind of tell you what to do, but it's one of those things where you can't. It's why like they've never been able to successfully really make a movie about the music industry. Yeah. Because it's just hard to describe what it is unless you're doing it. And it's kind of chaotic and constantly changing, and you just have to grab the things that are passing by you <laughs> when they pass yes. by you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's That's just cool. like, how do you make a movie about someone sitting on the laptop answering emails? <laughs> <laughs> and like, like you want to get this exciting like phone negotiation with an agent is that, yeah. that's a, i just remember like one time ids came to do a story on me at a show at the buskirk and like can we take a picture of you loading boxes like that's not what i do <laughs> like my job was like six months ago getting agreed to come here and like yeah. paid people to run like that's that's not what the job is yeah. and that's and that, and that is the that is the essential problem with the depicting music industry. He's like no one can describe to you like yeah the fun parts you're about like that happens but that's two percent yeah it's mostly just pacing around looking at ticket counts <laughs> wringing your hands yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay like, so how does yeah. that stuff translate then how does those experiences you know your your nearly 15 years of experience yes. uh translate now into record label world um well a lot of it is you develop an ear for at least what you what you, you you see the trends you see you see things that have come and gone you see you're constantly exposed to things that are about to be and it's just you know, it's like it's like with Austin like he's Austin is a Austin makes music that I've been trying to get him to put out for years that I think is great but just needs exposure and having done this with promotions and seeing all sides of an artist's career it's just you have a unique perspective on what you think the public wants and how you would like you, you see the good and the bad about how the music industry operates yeah and you i have a chance to do it how i think it should be done does that feel like the same like it satisfies the same part of your brain that you were talking about before like the get does it is it does it feel like a different perspective or a similar one in in trying to break it's the same except now the get is like you're you know you're emailing writers and you're yeah. looking at you know it's like when it first you know and like spotify and all that everything pops up you're like oh this is the worst but now like you're looking at charts and placements and playlist yeah. things and it's like the git is still there it's just it's a new git yeah do you feel like uh those relationships that you were talking about having formed all these years and and sustained do you feel like you're starting from scratch in some ways with that stuff with that side I, of things i do and it, i mean it helps to have a it helps to be working with someone who has already done it of course yeah so you're not i'm not totally in the wild of this it's like there is a template because you know Winspear has been relatively successful with you know with their bands yeah. so it's like someone who's have relationships with these people who knows you know which lawyers to talk to who knows which uh, which publications to go after which like digital digital providers you need to be chasing after so it's it's like you're learning a new skill you're learning a new avenue but also you've done promotion you've dealt with contracts you've dealt with negotiations you've had to talk to reporters and publicists before to get things written about so it's just adapting yeah 
what you've done before and the get is basically your <laughs> I'm on the flip side now yeah so like I was like yeah like I'm now on the side of pitching to promoters <laughs> about things and it's like what is the thing that I hated to hear <laughs> right yeah you know what <laughs> not the to things do that, like yeah what one of the things that made me just completely ignore email and trying to work around those ah interesting can you tell us about anything you have coming up? We know Austin's song is out. Uh, I mean, we have more songs on the pipeline. We have an EP that will be coming out eventually. So we're just, right now, we're just kind of, we have the project in the works. First single is out in the world, and we're seeing how that goes in yeah. building. Cool. Maybe it's good. Should... I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it as well. Yes, yeah. it is good. <laughs> I don't know if you ever talked to Austin or the two never... times I got him to actually play a show, but he's very good at this. I've never met him or know anything about him, really, but I like this song. Yes. I, I, I heard an interview with him on It's a Beautiful Day in the Gulch podcast. Oh, nice. That's really all I know oh. about him. Yeah. So, yeah, can uh, you kind of talk about him a little bit and what, what, what excites you about his music? Um... You know, I should have prepared for this better. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what Austin does is it's, I mean, also like these pastiches in the correct word. It's, he has a, he's very good at synthesizing many different moods and feelings. So it's like, it's not like he's doing an R&B track or a rock track. It's like, he just, he has so many different influences into one that it's like, if you, you know, it's like, talking it was like he was raised on like craft work anita baker so it's just yeah. like <laughs> the influence that he comes into his things it's there's it's hard to describe and i don't you don't want to pick it all up it's like it's just it's just good yeah um and he's just he has a very like jovial way of describing emotions the songs have so much fluid movements they're also constructed with people I like, like Lumstein. So it's it's like there's, yeah. And it's just like I feel like I've been listening to these songs for so long that I, I just I know them because I've been trying to get him to put them out for years. <laughs> right. And hearing his new tracks is just like, you just gonna sit on this man? How do we help you? How do we help you build this out? And just like the, I mean, no one ever gets no one ever gets to see this, but just like watching a track evolve. As I mean, just like with Wawa, just like what it started out to what it is now, just watch the evolution of that, or like getting the masters back from Lundstein, like yes, we cracked it. It's just it's yeah. a very exciting feeling. Interesting to me that uh, you know you cite the strengths of where Austin's coming from as like, oh, he's listening to Anita Baker, he's listening to Kraftwerk, he's got Ben Lundstein involved. It's like, oh, those are all high quality things, and that's uh, yeah. That seems to be a, a common thread. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, different genres, different perspectives, different point of view, but all high quality. <laughs> yeah. Also, he's not trying to chase a thing. Like, Austin, like, I bought him a water filter, and he was very excited about this. Austin just, <laughs> a, he's just a very, like, you know, his, his, uh, you know, like to say, he's like a low-grade pop star. He's like a, you know, like, he's, he's just a, I mean, like, if you see him, like, if you see him around town, he'll be, like, at the skate park or at home chilling with his cat. Yeah. Like, he's just a dude who also doesn't, 
He's not chasing trends. He's, you know, he's aware of the radio. He's aware of what is in it, but he's also not trying to, like, copy what is popular. Yeah. Like, he had his influences. Like, he started doing this, just, like, building beats in his basement on, like, old Kanye West. Uh, like, it was, like, an old Kanye forum and, like, all the, like, old sweatshirt and my poetry life people would just, like, trade beats. And, like, that's how he started, like, MySpace days of just, like, building production stuff. And then, so it's just very, like, like what's in his head is what he wants he's not saying oh i want to chase this because this is popular it's like this is what i like yeah if you don't like it that's fine like you see this like if you follow his bento box play us on spotify like you know he's all over the place as far as influences go like he just likes music yeah and that's so it's just like he just synthesized that all into these very unique sounds which are familiar and they hook you, but they're not, not necessarily things you've heard before. Like they're things you are familiar with. Like yeah, he just he's he provides like a it's a familiar base that's creating a new palette. I've only heard that one song, but it really got stuck in my head all week. <laughs> I know. Got I know. There. It's very catchy. It's very catchy. That seems like a fun uh, first release to be working on, Dan, for your label. Yeah. It seems like. Not that the work itself is easy, but that seems like an easy sell in terms of I love this, so you should listen to it too. Yeah, uh, I don't want to ever be in a position where I'm selling something that I have to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Try to promo- also, try to promote I, a I, Mike I, Adams record. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. No, just get a just get a cowboy hat and go to laundromat. That's right. No easy. problem. Right. Uh, we need a, <laughs> sells itself. We need a new image for you, kid. Pick this cowboy hat. <laughs> Oh, Easy man. money. <laughs> Dan, uh, what are your favorite restaurants in Chicago? Uh, well, this is the thing, which is always a bummer. Whenever I ask that, we just cook. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's a good thing to do. So my, money. My, my current favorite restaurant is this America's Test Kitchen Last Minute Summer Dinners. Um, 168 <laughs> simple weeknight meals thing. I think that at Whole Foods. Uh, I'm also a fan of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, another fantastic cookbook. I've heard of that Is that, that a one. TV show, too? Uh, I believe it is. It's a very good cookbook. Okay. I like all those things. I, yeah, I think yeah. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. I've been working so. on this piece of spicy chicken for the last week uh, that I got at Joella's. Uh, speaking of food, I got the sampler uh, pack, uh-huh. and it's uh-huh. all five of the levels of spice. Yeah. And... I, I, I bit into the, the, the spiciest one. one, and it was the w- spice worst, spiciest food experience I've had in my entire life. Oh, no. Just one little bite. One little bite, and I drank two, um, uh, I, th- I would say a whole gallon of water immediately. Oh, my gosh. And it still didn't do the trick. I'm glad you're still with us. And I, but I have this. Tea. That's the key. Sweet tea is what brings it down. Oh, oh sweet, sweet tea, tea really? Uh, Every single restaurant has sweet tea. That's yeah. That's just where you go. Well, no, I, I brought it home. We're in a pandemic. Uh, Come on. Uh, <laughs> but I have this this uh, condition where I, I I can't throw away food that I've purchased. So it, it, I I would take a bite of it each each day. I would try a little more. Like, whoa, 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 that was a bad idea. I, what am I doing? And I, finally, I finished it off last night. Wow. This one little chicken strip. Yeah. It's. Insane. How does anyone eat this stuff? 
Prince's in Nashville is the hottest chicken I've ever had. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. I tried to go there once. It knocked and me out. It was closed. Also, if you want a taste of a fine Chicago institution that is just a small drive away, there's a Portillo's and Fishers. What's, What's that? that? Yeah, I don't know that place. Portillo's is just like a burger and hot dog place. Which is basically like the default, like, where are we going to go? I don't know, restaurant in Chicago. Oh, okay. Like a Chicago-style Chicago dog with yeah. pickles on it? Uh, or relish? They've been around Butter. since the 40s, oh, 50s. Oh, okay. Um, it's just like drive, it's not drive through, but just like, it's always like you walk in and they just call your number where your order is done. They yeah. said like, we have burgers, we have hot dogs, we have whatever. I mean, they have other stuff. I wouldn't know. They have great shakes. Um, it's just a default like if you're watching the last season of um, uh, BoJack Horseman, and they're in Chicago, the restaurant they're eating at is Portillo's. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a it's a mockery. It's a it's a fake version of Portillo's. Yeah. That's how Chicago Portillo's is. Where's this Fishers? It's in Fishers. It's by a okay. by the driving range. If that helps. Oh like, yeah, I'm, I go there all the time like, to work on my <laughs> uh, stroke. My swing. Ikea. Ikea. Yes. Oh, by the big, weird Ikea. range. Ikea. Yes. I, I, uh, yes. I it's like. a giant, weird, like, two-tier. Yeah. I've been to that Top thing. Golf. Yeah. I've been to Top Golf, I think. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's digital. Wait, what? It tracks. I've been there once. It tr- when, you, when you drive your ball, it digitally tracks it, and then you can score points. There are these, like, holes in the ground, these pits in the ground. And if you sink your ball into one of these holes, you get a certain number of points. Whenever you drive by that place, you're like, who goes to this thing? And it's it's Mike Adams. My, my yeah. high school buddies wanted to meet up there, so we all went. It was crazy. It does look fun. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I didn't say that. You know what I like to get at Ikea? Uh, table, chairs. No. 75 cents, 75 cents each. Uh, Swedish, <laughs> Swedish veggie dog. Speaking veggie of dot dogs. Please, veggie dog. Wait, are you vegetarian? No, but I love the IKEA veggie dog, and it's only seventy-five cents. It's a veggie dog with um, some, um, oh, um, what's the word? Um, pickled cabbage, um, uh, a nice mustard, um, um, and another thing on top. It's 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 the best seventy-five cent veggie dog you'll find. Yeah, Jared and I Dan. The, I get the Swedish meatballs from there, but then I never think oh, I yeah. can take these home. I never want to bring them home. It's like, well, I'm sure they'll be bad if I reheat them myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, fellas, I got to tell you, we're about out of time, Mike. Right. So what? I we have a little time. So Jared, I think we should play Austin's tune. Oh, yeah. on the way out. It's queued up on the turntable okay, right perfect. here. Great, not turn Dan. Table, it's been yeah. real nice catching up with you, man. Yeah, you guys yeah. Uh, stay safe down there. Where the where the heck can people find out about Junebugs Joints on the net? You can go to Junebugsjoints.com. Oh, easy. Also, that applies to Instagram and Twitter and the Facebook, if you were still foolish enough to be on Facebook. Um, <laughs> I'm out, baby. Yeah, me too. I, 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 I'm out. I copied Mike, and, yeah. and I copy everything Mike does, and I deleted Facebook <laughs> after he did. So many people have talked about how bad Facebook is, yet everyone seems to still be on it, and I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, are you on Bandcamp.com? We are on the Bandcamp. You should buy a copy of his. You can go to Austin White. Bandcamp and buy the single. Perfect. It's very good. Or stream it a billion times. <laughs> it's so to good. Get still get the, the you get the single, same yes. amount of money. You buy it once on Bandcamp <laughs> or stream a million times. Either yes, one. Actually, yes. Actually, yes. Sadly, yes. <laughs> um, sorry, Mike. Were you about to say something? I was just going to say the song is so good. We're going to play it right now. All right. That's right. All right. Thanks, Dan. 
nice talking to you. And uh, everybody, we'll be back in a couple weeks for episode 71. That's right. Here's Austin White with Wow Wow Woe Is Me. She's throwing ass on the ground. Lucky for me, I'm a close friend. Please, I got it caught in the crosshairs.